Yowie wowie! My name's Eric Goldstein. Welcome to Respect to Combat. We got a hell of a show for you today. Stay tuned. Woohoo! And what's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of that Respect the Combat podcast, episode 133. I am your hostess with the mostest, Mr. Eric Goldstein. And with me, as always, I have my two very special co hosts. I have Mr. Trico Fullerton and Mr. Donnez Key. How are y'all doing today, boys? What's going on, everybody? To all the RTC fans, I hope y'all are enjoying your uh, Labor Day weekend. As as we said before, we have a packed weekend, and we're going to get all of that in, in a few moments. Oh, yeah. No, we got a lot to talk about today, honestly, just between wrestling and the fighting world and the gaming world. But before we get into anything, I wanted to actually do a couple special shout outs to some of our, uh, I guess you could say fans, um, which I can't really believe I'm saying that. Shout out to Speedball Mike Bailey for retweeting us not once, but twice on X, Twitter. I'm still calling it Twitter. And shout out to Colby Carino, as well as Deanna Perrazzo, as well as Jay Vidal, as well as a couple other people that I'm probably missing here. But yeah, no, Trico, I don't know if you've been paying attention at all to our socials, but uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And shout out to Steve Macklin. Sorry, I almost missed that one. I don't want to die. So shout out to Steve Macklin also for sh- for re- so you want to end up like PCO? No, I don't want to end up like PCO. That's why I'm giving him the shout out because I don't want to end up like PCO. How you doing, Donnez? Better. I'm doing all right. Better? Good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah, no, I just wanted to get all those out because again, shout out to all of y'all. We really do appreciate all of your support. We appreciate all the promotion that you've been giving us. And we really do appreciate all the likes and all the views that we've been getting on content these last few weeks. It's a bit surreal, honestly, but you know, it's only up from here. But with all that being said, boys, are you ready to hop into these mainstreams? Oh, boy. And with that being said, we will be starting off today's mainstreams on a little bit of a sad note, as we'll be showing respect to our fallen comrades over the last couple of weeks. First being Mr. Terry Funk, who had passed away last week. There is no dignified report of how he passed away, so I do not want to be disrespectful to that in any way. But but our condolences go out to his family and friends and loved ones. As well as one that shocked the entire wrestling world and still has all of us shocked, probably. And now that I have you boys on with me. I kind of want to get your perspectives on this and how exactly you took it. Um, Bray Wyatt. This was, I would say, probably one of the first times in a while where a wrestler passed away and I genuinely, like, my heart sank when I found out. He was a creative genius. He was very personable with just about everybody he came across, and he will very much be missed in this world. Boys, what do you say about this? Rico, let's start with you. Man, when Bray Wyatt passed, it's like, oh man, you remember when, uh, when Eddie Guerrero passed? Oh yeah. That's what that felt like. 100% agreed. Like that, those two would definitely be similar. The funny thing, I mean, I don't want to say funny because it's more, it's more so ironic. The ironic thing is, is that they actually passed away due to similar reasoning just because i mean you know i know eddie's was more so because of his personal uses of stuff and with bray it was more so complications from covid but yeah no the emotion from an emotional standpoint it's definitely it definitely hits home donnais what would you say about this 
more so because I was like just thinking about Cody in a sense. And I know it's weird to think about somebody that isn't directly related to either Ray or the Huber family, but you have to think about somebody who's been in the industry like that to where he, I believe, is the only person who visibly spoke at not one, but both tribute shows. Because he spoke at John Huber's and then he showed, spoke at Wyndham Rotunda's, which, man. And I didn't know, realize that Cody actually knew Wyndham that well because of, like, his intentional, like, his intentional involvement with the PC and not wanting to be involved with PC because of Dusty. But when he spoke, granted, it was over Terry Funk in a quote-unquote hardcore match, which I don't want to get into right now. When he spoke in regards to that one, I was just like, man, who knows what Cody's going through? And especially since Amanda's kids are calling... We're calling Wyndham Uncle Bray. No, I didn't realize either how close they were until on SmackDown when he spoke so highly of him. That just comes to show you like how close Bray Wyatt was with just about everybody within the wrestling community. And once again, our wholehearted condolences go out to the entire Rotunda family. And we wish you all nothing but the best. And then one that I would say hit us all a bit in our childhood. Bob Barker, unfortunately, has left this world. He has now, unfortunately, passed away last week. This one, I would say, more so hit the childhood. Just because, I mean, he was he was a bit up there in age. He was 99. So, I mean, I hate to say that his time has come, but his time has come. At the same time, it hurts. Because Bob Barker was a big part of a lot of kids' childhood. Don't you agree, Trico? Yep, everybody remember that famous line. Come on down! So yeah, how do you feel about finding out about Bob Barker, Don Ace? Well, I found out from you first off, because I think <laughs> that day I was just out and about. But, I'll put it like this. Him and Jerry Springer basically epitomize when you knew kids were skipping school, if you knew about Jerry Springer or Bob Barker, just on the time, you know, when their shows were. But all in all, a generational content creator and person and just all around good guy who just wanted pet spader neutered. And right. uh, yeah, I think he passed it to Drew Carey, what, 10, 15 years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nobody really thought about it then because he just had so much energy at that point. You're just, wow. Oh, and yeah. I, and I don't want to get into past re- announcement, but game show hosts do go into like their 70s and 80s and you don't really realize it because of how much energy they have on the camera. Oh yeah, 100%. I completely agree. And then one that we all actually had just found out about and literally Don Ace found about once again from me right before, right when he hopped on here, we have unfortunately lost a legend in Jimmy Buffett. Uh, he unfortunately had passed away last night. We just found out this morning. He was a legend in the music industry. If you never heard the, mu- the song Margaritaville, are you living under a rock? If you are from Florida and never heard the song Margaritaville, well, then you're probably not from Florida. You're probably from New York or Boston or one of those Northern states. Anyway, like I said, shout out to the Buffett family. He will be remembered and missed very much so. And I feel like everyone this weekend will be having a margarita in his honor. Unless anyone else had something to say about Mr. Jimmy Buffett. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I would yeah. definitely be having a margarita in his honor, too. You two can speak for yourselves because we all know why I can't. I'll have a virgin one. He had to I'm go not- there. Okay, wait a minute. I was talking about like a non-alcoholic drink, you perverts. Anyway, moving on before this gets bad. The PFL has officially expanded into Saudi Arabia as SRJ Sports has now has now bought a partial stake into the Professional Fight League and will bring the PFL to the Middle East by quarter two of 2024. Um, Donaze, I know you're a bit more on the MMA side of things than us two. So I don't know if you've read up on this. I know you're the one that brought up the article itself. So would you like to elaborate on 
on it a bit more. It's just crazy to me to think that a lot of combat sports leagues, whether the top of the line or in the PFL state, like just starting, going after the Saudi Arabia sports market and trying to get money from that way just to stay afloat. Because I know WWE's done it. Tony Khan tried to venture tried to venture into that market. And then uh, I believe the UFC did too for a minute, trying to venture in. PFL, obviously, especially if they're trying to sign Francis Zingano and Amanda Serrano to big money contracts. They need the money, but still, I don't know, and I don't want to get too political with this. Do I think the Saudi Arabian market is the right move? Nah, but do I want to talk about my reasons why? For a personal standpoint, nope not on air okay i completely respect your opinion and honestly like i said pfl isn't really something i pay too much attention to but it is something i'm noticing is starting to grow and it's definitely becoming a threat to ufc but we'll see what happens moving on the nba nfl and ufc have all sent letters to the u.s government requesting that they revise the digital millennium copyright act now the reason why they're requesting this is because they are stating that they are losing a lot of money on yearly revenue due to illegal streaming whether it's nfl games nba games UFC fights. They are losing an estimated $28 billion a year on revenue, which I mean, that's quite a bit of money, even though they're already making a lot of money. That's quite a bit of extra money they could be making. Thoughts on this, guys? We don't want to get too like political sometimes on this channel, but I mean, it is what it is between the uh, the leads and uh, and whatever they got going on with the government and all that stuff. Right. Dunnays? It's the sports world versus piracy. And I think people have been trying to shut down piracy for so much. It's just, in a way, the rich get richer and just trying to shut down everything when it comes to just what is going on when it comes to piracy. Yeah, you could say it but when did the anti-privacy act become a thing like in the six fifties 50s or 60s so you're thinking so you're thinking about maybe 70 80 years yeah people have been wanting to control like digital piracy yeah it's still a work in process and people are gonna still find workarounds but people are still finding ways to rip music even though live live wire has been discontinued for like a decade oh yeah there's still multiple ways to rip music nowadays but so you think people are gonna rip for porting games I I mean, I feel people will still try to figure out a way, but at the end of the day, the more difficult you make it, the better, in my opinion. I mean, it is still lost revenue for them. I don't know. I'm 50-50 on the subject. Moving on, last weekend, we had three different events go on. We had NWA 75, we had All In London, and we also had Impact Wrestling's Emergence. Now, we'll be talking about each of those, each of those events separately, but in total last weekend, there was 12, I said that correctly, 12 title changes. And now I will go over every last one of them so i ain't gonna lie eight of the 12 title changes happened at nwa 75 where one of them i'm extremely happy because it meant that someone finally retired anywho first off your new nwa u.s tag team champions daisy kills and talos your new nwa women's world tag team champions are pretty empowered your new nwa world junior heavyweight champion mr colby carino which once again thank you for the shout out on on twitter mr colby carino and then your new nwa world women's television champion max the impaler 
And then your new NWA national champion, Thrill Billy Silas Mason, which, goddammit, that man has needed a title since he got into the NWA. I have loved his character so freaking much, it's not even funny. And then the one that really didn't make much sense to me, Blunt Force Trauma are your new NWA world tag team champions. That was the only one that felt a bit random to me, just because I don't really, I, I don't know, I might be the only ones that don't understand their character, but whatever. Then, the honestly, the most shocking one of the entire weekend, Kenzie Page defeated Camille and is now the new NWA World Women's Champion. Now, this one I'm going to go into a little bit more depth about just because of the fact that Camille had a very historic NWA Women's World Championship reign. Her reign lasted 813 days with 42 title defenses. I'm pretty sure that's more title defenses than Roman Reigns' is 1,000-day reign. So, yeah. She had a very historic reign. And then the one that I am the most happy about, EC3 is your new NWA World Heavyweight Champion, which means Tyrus is now retired from wrestling thank god stay on fox news anyway then aw all in london during zero hour we had better than you baby otherwise known as adam cole and mjf are your new roh world tag team champions now not gonna lie we all thought the opposite was happening here we thought that's when either adam cole was gonna turn on mjf or mjf was gonna turn on adam cole and aussie open was gonna retain obviously the opposite happened it shocked the hell out of all of us to be completely honest and then also on zero hour we had one mr hook take out Jack Perry for the FTW championship, which then Jack Perry got himself in trouble backstage with one Mr. CM Punk, but we're going to get into details about that later. And then also on that show, we saw a new AEW Women's World Champion be crowned in Miss Soraya, which, I mean, we all saw that happening anyway. But the part that we didn't see happening was the fact that there was complete dismantle of the outcast throughout the entire match. And then the Acclaim took down the House of Black to now become the new AEW World Trios Championship world aw world trios champions sorry i ain't gonna lie those new belts they introduced on dynamite i absolutely love them i love the pink straps i love the fact that the ends are scissors and i love the fact that the straps are able to scissor each other it's it's great and then to wrap it all up for the weekend we did see new impact wrestling tag team world tag team champions crowned at impact emergence as the rascals defeated subculture to become the impact wrestling world tag team champions jesus christ that was a mouthful guys Camille is now sixth all time with her title ring. Sixth all time with how long she held it for that 812 officially on Wikipedia. And then uh, that was the one because of all people to put over, to put over Kenzie Page, not that against her. It's just, you could have thought of so many other people that could have got the rub from beating Camille. Just like the run of whoever beats Roman is going to get the rub massively for that. But if you're going to run with Pretty Empowered, you got to run with them. And the beat M995 and Kenzie Page and uh, Camille, excuse me, in the same weekend is a great start. I was going to say, the way they did it, honestly, was great. Like, just because of the fact that, you know, Pretty Empowered regained their tag team championships. And Kenzie Page basically did a bounce back because she first lost the Women's World Television title to Max the Impaler on night one. Then she went into the Burke Invitational and won the Battle Royal. Then the next night, she went back and ended up beating Camille for the World's Women, the Women's World Championship. So the way they did this was beautiful. Like they basically had it almost like as a real quick comeback story instead of elongating it, if that makes sense. Did you also say you're a fan of the House of Ass? The House of Ass? Yes, I'm a big fan of the House of Ass and I love the scissor belts. We're going to move on. Scissor belts. But the only other title change, and I think we're going to get into it a little later. I wish there were feel bad for Aussie Open, obviously, because the thing that confused me, and I 
am going to rant on this a little bit later. So many different shows throughout the last two weekends, this weekend and next weekend, so few world title matches. Because throughout all this, MJF and Cole, EC3 and Tyrus. No other show, I think, had a significant world title match. And I think Tyrus getting beat and retiring is counts as a significant world title match. It's scary. Oh, yeah. Because how many shows are there this weekend, Eric? Sorry to go off topic, but... This weekend, we have two. Two or three this weekend, and then two or three last weekend. So about four to six, and only three of those, I think, have world title matches. Mm-hmm. That's not good. I mean, there's technically a world title match on All Out this weekend just because of the international title. I do not count that, but... Because that feels more where the TNT title should be than what it is. I know we're off topic, but I get your point. Anywho... Impact Wrestling, also at their event last week in Emergence, announced two returns for their roster as Jordan Grace will be making her return at Victory Road on September 8th. And it was actually also announced on their episode this week of Impact Wrestling that her opponent will be Deanna Perrazzo. I have no issues with this. Every single time those two get in the ring, it is absolute fucking gold. Oh my God, I'm ready for it. And then they also announced that one Mr. Will Ospreay coming off his amazing win at All In against Chris Jericho will be returning. Returning to Impact Wrestling on October 21st at their Bound for Glory event, as well as October 27th in Newcastle for Turning Point. Seems like Impact is is building up their roster better than anybody else. Guys, what do you think? Building it up to be sustainable and actually have justifiable reasons for everybody. But the only issue I have with Deanna and Jordan, again, is just like, can we get those two away from each other? I'm fine with them two being away from the title, but not like magnets to each other, you know? Right. No, I get what you're saying. Because not a knock against either of them, and I love their feud. It's almost Cena Orton-esque to the knockouts. But it's a one-sided Cena versus Orton. Deanna's tapped out Jordan every single time. Hopefully this will be one where she goes over. You would think because it is her comeback match. Or is uh, Impact 1000 before that? What do you mean? Is Impact 1000 before that? Because I think she's in the 10-woman tag at Impact 1000. Yeah, it's 10-woman tag, but it's the night before Impact 1000. Okay, then. Yep. I just think... It's pretty obvious you could have built that match around Jordan not being able to beat Deanna rather than like Jordan's comeback if you were going to do that match specifically as her comeback match. It's just a lot of feelings that I have when it comes to just two people at the top of the division just constantly beefing with each other. So, right. And that's any division, not just the Impact Knockouts division, which we're talking about right now. Right. No, I completely get what you're saying. I mean, yeah, they have, now that I think about it, they have had quite a few, but who knows? Maybe this will be their way of saying that Jordan finally gets one over on Deanna, and then this might be a way of building her into a Knockouts World title feud with uh, Trinity. Then but, who's hurt? Because I but, know Trinity's got Alicia at a victory or from Victory Road, but... Okay, let's be honest. Heel you really, Jordan and, really uh, think Trinity. Edwards is going over on Trinity? I said, who turns heel on Trinity and Jordan? We know who's winning that, even with Eddie. Yeah. But who turns yeah, so no. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. Anywho, moving on from that, AEW wrestlers were granted the next two weeks off via, if needed, via Tony Khan if they would like to attend Wyndham Rotunda's funeral service. Now, not trying to call Donnay's out, but he had some mixed feelings about this just because he was starting to, he was starting to tell, he was telling me did Tony kind of screw over his own pay-per-view by allowing wrestlers to take the next two weeks off because of this? Now, don't get me wrong. You know, we did have a conversation about this. We both agreed that things like this, unfortunately, do happen 
happen. And there were a lot of people within AEW that were very close to Wyndham Rotunda. So whether he had a pay-per-view coming up or not, it's more so a matter of paying your respects to a fallen brother. Do I think he screwed himself over? No. I think it just more so shows his roster that he's a human being and he's always going to have their best interest at heart. What do you guys think about this? Trico? I think this was a good thing. You know, um, that to TK, like, if you have, like, any friends that might be outside of a company that might have, like, man, man, go on, you know that TK will do a good thing. But, um, I don't know that, uh, I, I don't want to say bad about other companies, but, um, but yeah, like, but anytime if you're real close to, to like, to anyone, and, uh, if you want to take the time, uh, take, take some week off, and then the, the TK is one of those guys that definitely will grant you your wishes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100% agree. Donnais? As I said earlier on the phone, I do agree with you. And I do agree with the reasons he is giving them time off. And you can't, nobody, nobody can escape Father's time. It's just, do I think timing kind of shortchanged the pay for you? Yeah, but at the end of the day, I do agree. People are people, and what's got to happen is what's got to happen. And to get back to it, the Half of Black tribute, considering only Malachi and Buddy Matthews knew him, but I don't know if Brody T King had any direct experience with Wyndham, but Julia definitely didn't. But just through Malachi and Buddy Matthews, for them to do that with the latter at all in, it just shows you how close they were. Oh, yeah. And as I mentioned earlier, Cody is the only one to speak at both tribute shows for Harper and Bryant. I completely agree. And then something that's a little bit more, I don't want to say depressing because it doesn't seem like it's as serious as his last injury. Xavier Woods suffered a cervical strain on Raw this past week when it was during the tag team match spot when New Day was facing the Viking Raiders. Drew McIntyre actually meant to throw the announce chair at Eric, but missed him and instead hit Xavier Woods. So currently he is dealing with a cervical strain and he is currently listed as week to week. But WWE officials and doctors had told him that it'd probably be best if this upcoming episode of Raw, he stayed home, which sucks because this upcoming Monday of Raw was his birthday. I was gonna, there is a follow-up report that I wanted to bring to your attention, and that's the reason they did this, because Woods wanted to take his birthday off, so he wanted oh. to that's the whole reason behind it. I was like, oh, I got to stop him. And I didn't in time because the follow up to it is Woods requested his birthday off. So that's he's why not they, actually injured? It's a kayfabe injury. Oh, Jesus Christ. God dang. Screw you, Austin Creed. He's I mean, I'm glad you're he's okay, but screw you. He's downtown Atlanta at Dragon Con, most likely right now. Uh, I'm glad you're okay, but screw you. Anywho, since that's apparently BS, we're moving on. I am sorry, Eric. I thought I... I thought I got to you in time and I freaked. That's the one story I didn't get to you in time. Eh, whatever. Now this will be something for everyone to laugh at me about. Uh, <laughs> anywho, speaking about speaking of laughing matters, Jesus Christ, I can't believe I'm actually reading this and this is actually a legitimate thing. Like, when I first actually saw the graphic for this, I thought this was like one of those joke graphics that those people make. But then I read, but then I saw the AEW logo and I saw all the serious text and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is actually real. Ricky Starks, tonight, and I say tonight because we are recording currently on a Saturday morning. Tonight, Ricky Starks is challenging Ricky the Steam, Ricky St the Dragon Steamboat, 70 year old Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, to a strap match at All Out. Why? Hold Just on, hold why? on. I know what you're thinking, but uh, let me get my uh, let me give me my few reasons why or why this is happening. So, in case y'all already know, y'all already know what happened between CM Punk and Jack Perry. So, originally, the planned main event for All Out it was supposed to be CM Punk and Ricky Starts for the quote unquote Real World's Championship.
championship. And I think that match would have been a strap match. But since Punk got suspended and he probably won't be at all out. So this is probably the alternative right now. Now, as far as Ricky Steamboat, um, we all know like the older wrestlers like Billy Gunn, um, Dustin Rose, like who in their old age but still can like wrestle here. And um, if Steamboat can can go at his age, I was like, man, maybe it's not the not everyone's uh favorite to, to have all at all out just because of everybody just coming out from all in. And um, if it was me, like for next year, I would spread have them spread that out for next year, but that's for, for another topic. But um, I'm kind of interested to see what's gonna happen if this match uh get, get, gets official. So, Trico, yeah, it's actually worse than what you thought of Ricky Starks versus Ricky Steamboat in a strap match, considering they're in the arena where he won three of his five rings. It's gonna be Ricky Starks versus the worm Dennis Rodman. Yes, I agree, this may be the replacement for a CM Punk match, but it's not gonna be Starks versus Steamboat, it's Starks versus Rodman. That, 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 that just makes it worse. Never know, he could be the next Ronda Rousey. Boy, don't you get started with me. Hey, he did have a match in the 90s. Yeah, in the 90s. How old is he now? And when was the last time he had any type of physical activity? You're being way too optimistic with this one. But then again, it's a 70-year-old Ricky Steamboat for a 62-year-old Dennis Rodman. You make it sound like an eight-year age difference makes a difference. True. I'd rather see Bad Bunny in a match than either of those two. You have to think, AW's that for, like, the nostalgic fan they've had tyson they're about to have rodman they have had steamboat and brett who else do you want to have on AEW TV compared to wwe having logan paul and bad bunny this is true no one has society you're good i don't know i just i feel like they're trying to play off the celebrity game way too freaking much but moving on from this topic before i have an aneurysm something on a more positive note jim ross is cancer free it is official he made a post about it this past week showing that he is completely cancer free there is no cancer located in his tibia and he is good to go i mean i wouldn't necessarily say that he's good to go like full blown 100 because he is getting up there in age but he's healthy which is a good which is a good sign i mean we all love our we all love jim ross we don't want to see him go anytime soon so yeah this is very good news as a wrestling fan that grew up in the ruthless aggression era slash late attitude era it is so great to hear him back and he just has to find that one one person on Dynamite and AEW that reminds him really of more of how you disrespected Triple H and hated Triple H on commentary. Oh, yeah. Or you could say Kane on commentary as well. Oh, yeah. But do I want to see him get set on fire again? No. No. No one wants to see Jim Ross get set on fire again. No, Nobody wants to see that. Or have him get hit with a sledgehammer. Yeah. No, especially in his old age now. Trico, did you hear about uh, Mr. Ross being cancer-free? Yep. And it's definitely uh, great. Do I think his schedule might be still um like limited during the, the announcers table on either Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision? I do think so because um the we still have a great team with Taz, Ascalibur, Tony Schiavone on Dynamite. Then you have uh Niger McGinnis and um and Kevin Kelly on Collision. So I think that I think he would fit more like um he could come in like uh if there's like a special match that will require oh. a certain 
services. Yeah, that's why I think. That's what no, I, I agree. I definitely think he would be useful, like as like almost like a special match commentator type deal. And with that, we have rounded out our mainstream highlights for this week. And just before we hop into our next topic, if you haven't already, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms. If you're on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, TikTok, all of there, we're on all of them on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at Respect the Combat on Twitter at RTC Podcast One. And now moving into our next topic, we will be recapping All in London, which in my personal opinion, I have to say this was one of their better book shows in a long time, which I mean, it was a state, it was their first stadium show. So they kind of had to deliver. We aren't going to go over the whole entire card just because we kind of just want to highlight some of the things that we thought were most important from the card. Personally, the whole thing just was good storytelling all overall, all the way down from zero hour up to the main event. Like it was just overall very good storytelling, which kind of almost went back to like, you know, their original booking style, which I miss. And now they're back to all their old bullshit this week. Anyway, from head to toe, I feel like the show was really good. I was happy to see new champs and better than you, baby. Hook, I was glad to see Hook be able to get the title back on on him. They did set a new world record for most wrestling fans in attendance with 81,035 fans in attendance at All In, which, I mean, if that says anything, that's telling WWE, hey, you aren't the only ones that can get sold out stadium shows, which, I mean, now this officially, I think, makes them a threat to WWE. But the funny thing is, is that that wasn't even the most talked about thing from the entire weekend. Now, was it? No, it was not. As now, if you guys all know what I am referring to. So during Zero Hour, Jack Perry and Hook had a no had an FTW rules match for the FTW championship. Now, if you guys had paid attention to reports from a few weeks ago, there was a report going around about how CM Punk had stopped a glass spot that Jack Perry wanted to do on Collision a few weeks back. He had told him that it was a bit too dangerous. He had told him that it wasn't the best idea. Jack Perry didn't really like hearing that all that much. So during Zero Hour, right before for a a windshield spot between him and Hook, he decided to walk up to the hard cam and say, yes, that's real glass. Cry me a river. Referencing to CM Punk. When he went backstage, he then decided to get in CM Punk's face about it, where then CM Punk was trying to dilute the situation. Jack Perry then decided to think it was a good idea to take a swing on CM Punk, in which then CM Punk made him go sleep, sleep, night, night. And then with that happening, them two ended up actually getting suspended. Most reports are stating currently which sucks what are your all thoughts on this whole situation because me personally i feel like jack perry just kind of took it a little too far that's just me i feel like it was a kid throwing a temper tantrum i think the better question is who was wrong in this situation pong or perry oh i personally think perry because some people saying oh it's punk is like oh he's the problem here like uh, he's always been that problem like no okay okay look (laughs) the thing is is that punk is up there in age obviously he's been a part of this industry for a very long time this isn't like how he was at all out this time last year where he was just talking a bunch of crap about the elite this was more so something where he was actually trying to what was it what's the word i'm looking for here he was trying to look out for jack perry's best interest he was trying to make sure that he wasn't going to get injured so it wasn't like it wasn't a situation where he was trying to cause issues backstage he was more so trying to look out for everyone's best interest and then jack perry decided to react like a child about it see that's my problem and that's the reason why i'm saying that this one's on perry not punk 
It's not going to affect anything like it did back at uh, All Out last year. It's not It's not a big deal like it happened here. But regardless of the fact, All In, it still it still was a success. What was the total or record they had? 81,000 something? 81,035. Bro, that is the big all-time record breaking the uh, SummerSlam 1992 record. You already know why I'm going with this. Vince is like, is already having Andrew right now. I'm like, oh no, they cannot do that to us. So we got to bring WrestleMania to London. That's good shit, pal. Did you really have to do the invitation? I was fucking... <laughs> ignore that and just focus on CM Punk and Jack Perry, which was what we were originally talking about in my take on everything. At this point, should we all agree that whether he's in the right or in the wrong, should AEW just basically buy him on his contract and send CM Punk on his way? Because it's not working backstage, obviously. I think over the two years he's been involved, two, three years he's been involved with the company, there have been more backstage drama from the men's side. If you end Thunder Rosa and, and CM Punk, you kill all, all of the drama associated with the company. But CM Punk in turn, yes, I would say, should they end his contract? Just to wash their hands with all the drama. And when I say end it, I say buy him out. No, and I will explain why. Reason being is because, like, look, do I agree with what he did last year? No. But do I think he does draw a crowd? And do I think he does draw attraction? Yes. Yes, CM Punk does still draw a crowd because he is still good at what he does. He's good on the mic. He's good in the ring. The thing is, is whether you like him as a person or not, you can't deny that he's not good at what he does. And unfortunately, he has that personal connection with a lot of fans. So I don't think it'd be a good idea for him to be bought out of his contract. Like I said, I don't think he caught. I don't think he's the one that caused the issue here. I think Jack Perry is the problem here. I feel like Jack Perry was acting like a little spoiled brat that wasn't getting his way. And then he decided to fuck around and find out. I don't personally think CM Punk should have gotten in trouble here. I mean, should he have probably controlled himself, controlled himself and not put his hands on Jack Perry? Yeah, yeah. But Jack Perry took a swing on him. So in my mind, if you try to start something, don't start something if you can't finish it. That's how I view it. At the end of the day, it's not about who started it. More so in both scenarios, it's who's the constant involvement in the issues it's more often than not CM Punk that's why Triple H didn't want to deal with him back in the day because he was constantly involved with backstage BS more so why in a way I'm glad Rose isn't involved with AEW right now always involved in backstage drama to where even the title picture suffered CM Punk always involved in backstage drama and now you're about to do an undisputed or quite possibly sooner rather than later an undisputed title situation over your world championship with somebody that is always involved with backstage drama so it makes zero sense no I get what you're saying and then this next part was actually brought up by you did you guys feel like this was more so a build-up show to all out no I didn't think so either because like, no, like i said punk versus restarts was quote-unquote main event for for all out man and that match would have been fun and honestly the reason i do feel like it is a straight transitional show because you look at the card luchasaurus versus darby bill darted in wembley we had a little something on that gonna end in chicago Miro versus subs the only match on the card that had nothing to do with wembley one random segment is gonna end in chicago that versus might as well say all the outcasts because you know that's gonna fall out from that four-way and granted i love ruby soho but and it's three hours from 
from Lafayette, but I do think Stat retains. OC versus Mox. Well, you might as well just say all a stadium stampede and BCBS right now. BCCBS, I should say. Omega and Takesha, do I even need to say it? This should have been the Wembley match anyway. BC Gold versus FTR and the Bucks. Well, no comment. That was a backstage segment after the show. Paul and MJF defending the ROH World Tag Titles against, spoiler alert, Silver and Reynolds. Yeah, okay, moving on. That's just set up for the kingdom, which we know that's the match they're going for. And then Joe versus Samoa Joe versus Shane Taylor, ROH TV title, totally random. And why is the match not Kingston, Casignoli versus White versus Shibata? That's the four-way. Not Kingston and Shibata versus Casignoli and his nephew in Utah. Come on now. And yet, no world titles across this card are being defended whatsoever. And you have two world champions on the card, neither defending their singles belt. Stupid. Eric? Yeah, I mean, technically, the, the Ring of Honor world, there's two Ring of Honor world titles being defended, but it's Ring of Honor titles, not AEW titles. So I already know you'll be like, Dah! Which Ring of Honor world? That's a TV title, bro. It's considered the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. That's the actual name of it. It even has the name, it even has the name World on the title. So it is a world title. And the ROH World Tag Team titles are also being defended. That's an offline discussion and a discussion for another time because I don't want to get into it on World Heavyweight Championship or World world championship qualifications i don't want to get into that right now hey but you said world title say the name world on it i see your point but <laughs> that's a discussion for another time man yeah anywho moving on to another event that ha that happened last weekend nwa 75 which was a two-night show this was the event that had the most title changes of the weekend with eight title changes the two that were most memorable of course was tyrus was defeated by ec3 and ec3 is now your new nwa world heavyweight champion as well as the fact that tyrus now has officially retired from professional wrestling thank god am i wrong for saying that should i not say thank god i mean yeah i understand he had a good wrestling career and everything but jesus christ it was way past two for a while so funk wasn't on a roll for you Huh? So Funk was not on a roll for you, Eric. What do you mean Funk wasn't on a roll for me? I'm I'm confused. Oh, you're going back to his old WWE role. God damn it. No, no. Funk was not on a roll for me. Funk was not on the goddamn roll. I wanted him to roll his ass on out of the NWA. Trico? <laughs> I was wondering how long it was going to take you to get that bit. Uh, at least, and I saw this on Twitter, at least it introduced us to Ariane. And people say, oh, it introduced us to the Trinity. No, it didn't. NX, the women's NXT. Yeah. I just didn't even do that right. Uh-uh. No, not at all. Uh, Trico, how do you feel about the big Funkalosis? I think that was his character. The big Funk... The Funkasaurus brothers play. Are you happy that the Funkasaurus is officially retired? I mean, it's one of those retire too soon type of situation for me. Really? I'm gonna stop you right there. The dude's 51. Okay, I mean, in his defense, Sting is 62 and he still hasn't retired. Second wrong run and Sting is still in shape. This is Tyrus's like 10th attempt at actually trying to be credible. He wasn't even credible when he was in his 30s. Trico? I mean, I said what I said, so. I mean, I mean, why do you think he would retire too soon, though? Like, do you think he still had some in him? That's what I think. I mean, it hasn't been that long. Have you watched his recent NWA matches? I mean, yeah, but like, it's still kind of too soon for me. I'd rather watch Flair's last match than any Tyrus match in the NWA. Oh, damn. That's just cruel. And Ric Flair wasn't I even a part you. of most of his final match. 
<laughs> he was asleep, and he had still had more coordination than Tyrus. <laughs> We're gonna move on now before it ends up before this gets too ruthless. Um, on a well, I want to say a positive, but at the same time, like it was a little bittersweet, as I had mentioned before in our mainstream highlights. Camille's 813 day title reign had come to an end on night two. On night one, she did successfully defend against Natalia Markova in their what you what I will call a street fight that was promoted by Markova dancing in a strip club, which I don't understand that part. I find it funny that Camille trolled the hell out of her on Instagram, though. That was funny. But <laughs> but on night two, she was defeated by Kenzie Page, who had won the Burke Invitational the night before, as well as had lost her Women's World Television Championship to Max the Impaler. Max the Impaler. God dang it. Why am I having such a hard time pronouncing that? Anywho, so it was a bit of a bittersweet end to her very, very long and plentiful full title reign just to go into a bit of detail about her title reign title reign itself lasted 813 days which was the fifth longest title reign of all time as well as she had 42 successful defenses in that reign which i'm pretty sure that's more title defenses than roman reigns has had in his a thousand plus day reign he got beat out by a woman roman how's that feel he had more title defenses than he had matches throughout this entire reign like i'm pretty sure i'm actually right on that i'm pretty sure she's had she had more title defenses than he has in the last two years overall the entire event was pretty good felt pretty fun it felt like old school nwa very happy also now to see ec3 with the world championship where it's not with his little entitled character gimmick i really do enjoy event itself yeah overall i i I agreed with most of the decisions that were made how did you guys feel about the event rico i mean it is what it is Uh, nothing too bad right no i get what you mean don a's i mean for me pretty empowered is literally the aftermath of what they do with them because i think as we've all talked about, the um, just decision to put all the all except the national title on them, but them competing for all the women's gold in two days was smart. However, is this just Billy Corrigan trying to respond to like, oh, we don't book women properly, or is it him trying to stir the division? So we'll see. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see what he does with this. And then moving on to the final event from last weekend, we. We'll be recapping Impact Wrestling's Emergence pay-per-view. Um, one of the main highlights from the night was that was actually the main event, which featured Trinity versus Deanna Perrazzo, um, which I believe it was the first time in, in Impact Wrestling history that the Knockouts World Championship was the main event of the pay-per-view. But yeah, this was actually the first time, though, where the entire main event was women. And what I mean by that is that the two wrestlers, women, the referee that took part in the match was female, as well as the ring announcer for the main event was female. So the entire event in its entirety was women related, which I believe that was the first in Impact Wrestling history. And then also Steve Macklin had made a return that night from injury during the eight man tag team match, which then he immediately set his sights on Josh Alexander, which now they will be having a match at Victory Road on September 8th. I kind of feel like this is more so coming full circle just because they were supposed to have they were supposed to have their world title match originally at Rebellion, and then Josh Alexander tore his triceps, so he wasn't able to wrestle. He had to vacate the world title. And then Steve Macklin, you know, he ended up dropping the world title now to Alex Shelley. So, they never really had that match. So, that's that right there is long-term storytelling right there. So, that made a bit... So, it does make sense when it comes to this 
And I thought about it when they did the segment on Impact this past week of Josh's true intent, and he started touching the current Impact World Championship title belt with the Shelleys. And he literally right. made it seem as if Alex Shelley, and Shelley even called him out on it, as if Alex Shelley was a placeholder and a transitional champion. So, about the Victory Road match, does the winner go to Chicago to fight Shelley for the title since Shelley at Victory Road is going after the tag titles again with Chris Saban? I feel like it only makes sense for whoever wins Macklin versus Macklin versus Alexander. I feel like it would only make sense that the winner of that match would go on to Chicago to face Alex Shelley for the world championship. I don't think the Motor City Machine Guns are going over at Victory Road. I think it's going to be and still for the Rascals. Speaking of the Rascals, actually, that was actually going to be our, ne- our next talking point at the Rascals at Emergence defeated Subculture to become the new Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Champions. Now, correct me before I say this. Is Leo Rush a part of the Rascals or is he just hanging out with them? I would have to look at their pro wrestling revolver stuff, but I think I noticed that it's Myler- Myron Reed, Miguel, Wentz, and I think it's Rush, but then also Rush is in a weird place right now because he wants to be a loner, but he's doing the bidding because he's in a weird feud with the guns, so he's doing the bidding of Bully Ray. Right. So it's like a weird the enemy like enemy situation with all the heels trying to get at everybody that's aligned or supportive of Scott Demore. Right. Which I thought Slammiversary killed that, but it didn't. Yeah, apparently not. Moving on from that, we still have two more big events coming out going on this weekend with Payback happening tonight and All Out happening tomorrow night. Now, with both of these cards happening, we're not going to do the normal like just card rundown just because that's a bit overplayed. You guys already know what's going on and you'll be seeing our card graphics on our socials later. Speaking of socials, if you haven't already, uh, make sure on TikTok, Threads, Instagram, at Respect the Combat, on Twitter, at RTC Podcast One. Make sure you're following us so that then you're able to keep up with all the news. Speaking of which, back to this weekend's events and festivities. Are you guys looking forward to either of these? I'm not really. To be completely honest, I'm really not looking forward to either of them just because I feel like the build for them has been meh. I mean, we I mean, talked about the Chicago card already. Yeah, we've already discussed the Chicago card, but I mean, the payback card has a bit of a story, has a bit more storytelling to it than the all out card does. But I mean, I don't know. I just, in my personal opinion, I feel like these two, I feel like these two pay per views are fillers. That's just my personal opinion. Like, what do you guys think? I mean, we all knew the 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 build for for the car was bland, but it's just a matter of how they perform on the car. That's the thing, right? Which one though? Because I think the payback card actually is decent. It just feels like a raw card. So in turn, because there is no bloodline stuff on here, which thank goodness, but it shows outside of the bloodline, WWE does not know right now how to tell a good episodic story. Because how long has Trish and Becky been going at it? And the fact I told you what I told told you eric and i know you're upset about it if trish and becky in a cage ends because of tiffany stratton then yeah that's gonna be insane i can tell you one thing after um becky beats trish you know where becky's going after and i think air you will be real happy about this i mean if becky goes over on tiff and then tiff loses the nxt women's title to becky yay bye bye bimbo barbie i'm sorry was that rude no point yes <laughs> i've had to stop you on social media from going on rants so yeah if you think about it if becky wins the nxt women's title then she will be in the grand slam champions list very true i mean i would just be happy because it's off bimbo barbie and then i don't have to hear her 
going on going on interviews talking about her shopping sprees. Would Becky winning? Because they tried it with Charlotte. Would a main roster women's talent winning an NXT women's title? Because we kind of have that with the undisputed women's tag titles right now on Dewdrop and Chelsea. Does that hinder the NXT women's division with main roster talent just going down and essentially putting their foot on the NXT women's division because they kind of do it better with the men's division sending Corbin and Ali down there than they did. Oh, hey, let's send the top woman in the company down or two of the horsewomen back down to NXT to go over the entire division. Can you tell I'm still salty over that pre-COVID Charlotte run? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Before any of us get angry about a blonde again, we'll be right back. Ooh, there's only two chairs left. You better hurry. get there in no time, that's what you'd expect from the ultimate electric driving machine. Not today, brother. Go, 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 go. You got this. Come on. Mom? Hey. Girls! Grandpa! How? You snooze, you lose. C'est la vie, as I always say. Dad, you've never said that before. Never. Not once. Don't miss out. The BMW Summer On Sales event is on now. Damn. What happened to the other girl? What other girl? Tears! And just like that, we are back. All right, buddy. Boys, how you feeling? Really good. At least only you and me went after title reigns that we're not a fan of. I was going to say, for once it was us going on the rants and not Trico. Now we are moving into our open discussion slash wrestling flashback as we've been doing for the last few weeks. And to pay respect to our, I believe we can say, fallen brother, uh, we would like to do a flashback to the debut of The Fiend back at SummerSlam. I mean, everything about this, honestly, was just perfect. Um, I mean, yes, Finn got buried, unfortunately. But, I mean, just from the entrance to his in-ring gear to his, you know, what he was doing and everything, it just... Ended up, it was just, it all ended up clicking up together perfectly, and it ended up actually having quite a good story to tell throughout his entire career. Donnie Gart, I think the thing that sticks out to me is as you're watching the SummerSlam, was it 2017 or 20... 2019. 2019 SummerSlam. So SummerSlam 2019 watch on, and you're legit seeing... Granted, you can disprove them because you see some very, very dis interested undercard talent that are just there but you see literally everybody's reaction as you're looking at johnny gargano's face and it's just like whoa what did i just watch and i think that was more the overarching theme of what is going on here this man literally just put me in a trance and i don't know what is going on and that was just the general remark of what the character was because you remember when these yet for playing you're like am i watching a creepy mr rogers that just wants to move on before i say it somebody want to hop in I mean, that's actually kind of how I actually described his non-fiend character is that he was basically a Mr. Rogers. Like, that's pretty much the vibes that you got off of it. But the thing was is that for him to go from that to the fiend, I think that's what made everyone so creeped out. And it also, at the same time, it enticed everybody. It made everyone intrigued. And I feel like that's almost what put everyone in a trance when he would, you know, make his entrances. John Hayes? Yeah, and the fact it was like the... We can all agree how the Fiend character kind of died 
was the worst thing about it because Goldberg, Orton, those two matches alone, and you could throw in the Seth feud as well. So Goldberg, yeah. Seth, and Orton, then three. Oh, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, triple combo. And the Orton feud was just odd. So how it ended, bad. How it started, that Chef Kiss. Granted, they killed it within, like, what? How soon was the Seth feud? After- I, think it was like, I think it was, like, a couple months after. But then also the other thing was is that, I mean, Rand- uh, Kim Orton almost killed Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania. <laughs> and that was fast like Oh, I thought I that was I know we were going, that was Thrasslane. That was a month before. Okay, my bad. Yeah, no, she wanted to kill her. I mean, for mounting her husband, who wouldn't? Yeah, yeah. I no. don't care if it was a character. She literally, as Johnny from New Legacy slash Deadlock said, she just... Orton was out, and she just plopped herself on the doggone thing. <laughs> like, just... Plop herself on, just like, how you doing there, boy? <laughs> and then literally just sat there for, like, the 20 seconds. I'm like... She only needed three to not get the cover. Say it. I'm just sitting here like, not going to say it. Not going to say it. Not going to say it. Okay, I'm going to say it. She felt something poke up her dress and she didn't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to go there and why I tried to just gradually move on. But okay, that's where why what we were talking about and why I only wanted to reference that. And, and because of that moment, Mr. Rogers is probably very disappointed in her. What? What? I'm, I'm saying because of the naughty thought that she was probably having during Fastlane, Mr. Rogers is very disappointed in her. Oh, we are done. Back to the Fiend himself and the match with Finn, because it did look like he crapped his pants. And Finn's... And that was like the... That match alone was the death of Finn Balor. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. Because I don't even think his return to NXT recovered from that match yeah no i get what you're saying and now moving on before this conversation gets any more perverse uh mainly because of me i'm not the (laughs) one who took it there that's why i just said mainly because of me but (laughs) this is actually an open discussion question between between the three of us has aew killed the chicago wrestling market i think it's being overexposed that's what i think no, I completely agree. I think they're making way too many trips out to out to I'm sorry, out to Chicago. And I mean, the other part that a lot of people, I guess, aren't understanding, I guess, with this, and obviously us three do. Whenever popular shows come out to a particular market, typically the indie promotions follow right behind them. So, for example, like when All in London happened this past weekend, Progress ran a show, Rev Pro ran a show, OTT ran a show. Like, you guys get what I'm you guys get what I'm saying? So, it's not just the main company that's oversaturating the market, it's the wrestling community as a whole that then is oversaturating that market. You guys get what I'm you guys get what I'm getting at? I mean, I understand like if you want to make Chicago the home for All Out, that's fine. But like, if when when was the uh, when was the last time they did uh I think that was last year when they did for Forbidden Door when they had two pay per views in Chicago in one year in one year so so yeah, yeah. If, if you want to do it Chicago and, and all out as a permanent arena like for Double or Nothing in Las Vegas that's fine but just uh just don't overexpose it like when it comes when y'all doing the all out week the, and the, and you want to do chicago just keep it there you don't need to do it in like a, any other uh any other month or any other arena for that particular for any particular year just keep it for for one week for every year which is all out week that's all you need to do so I think they killed it like that. I know what you were talking about, and I think they killed it for like a month last year was going from all in to like a pay-per-view and then Forbidden Door 
It was just a mess. And then the reason I brought this to Eric's attention, because immediately the second Impact unveiled the Will Ospreay trailer for Bound for Glory, I was like, cool, Ospreay's coming back. And then they said, and then they said Chicago. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Not because, oh, I'm not living in the Midwest anymore. It's like, can wrestling companies go to another city? Other wrestling yeah. cities within the freaking Midwest that they could go to. Detroit's yeah, right like, there. Indiana's still got a scene. Freaking Nashville is nothing but like four hours away. I was going to say, it's ever since, in my personal opinion, it's ever since they did that, they did their original first show all in. Ever since they've done that show and they drew in like 10,000 and they drew in like over 10,000 people, everyone's been interested in going there all of a sudden. They just think it's a hot spot for wrestling and they just think that they can completely oversaturate it whenever the hell they want. But that's just my personal opinion. I kind of agree with you because outside of like the two shows WWE would do there a year, when did Chicago really have like wrestling shows out that way? Right. No, I, and that's just it. It's like, you know, I feel like now ever since all like the original all in show, it's just become like a very oversaturated market for wrestling. That's just my opinion. And obviously also Donnay's opinion because he agreed. Um, but anywho, moving on to our final open discussion topic, should the AEW women's division be allowed to work outside of AEW ring of honor to get reps? Now, reason why we're bringing this one up is because Madison Rain has not been confirmed for Impact 1000. And there have been multiple reports that Tony Khan's not letting her work the event. Why? I don't know. What do you guys think? Go ahead, Shriko, because I will go on I for mean, a little Only if you could tell a good storyline with a good view. If you're just going to do it, just going to move people over just for no reason, then no. Because we already seen that a couple of times um, in the past year. And we don't need to see that same mistake again. I agree. I, I can't necessarily disagree with those comments. So randomly Christian Cage and Kenny can pop up on Duke stuff for other companies. All the guys can pop up randomly and do stuff with AAA. Heck, Trip UT just randomly got a AAA title and became more relevant over there than he ever has on AEW programming. Yet with her sis, essentially her sisters and multiple form, former tag team championship partners in Gail Kim, Gail Kim, Angelina Love, and Velvet Sky all showing up at Impact 1000. You can't like just let one of your coaches who you are not even using at all because Madison Rain, since she's been involved with a her storyline is like, oh yeah, this is just Sky Blue's big sister. That's literally the only characteristic she's gotten prescribed on camera. Everybody backstage that reads the dirt sheets but on camera she's just come off as sky blue's big sister just to hold that out that's not good and sky blue may be moving on to either something teaming with willow or just being the third member of the open we're not gonna get into that eric i, I don't think but, it would go, i don't think it'd become a throuple stop hey you're the one that brought it up this time you're the I one that brought it. up the nasty thoughts my opinion is like madison rain essentially why i think a lot of people from wwe and wwe started doing partnerships and i understand why they don't is because they run like 10 shows already a week and one running bodies in them try and contain injuries as much as possible aw runs like one maybe two shows a week that your people are being used for because they run collision dynamite and then roh so three but people really are only being used for one maybe two since dark is not doing it plus the random house show so three at the most right you really think uh that's gonna really 
really affect anybody. So if Madison, somebody like a Madison Rain is not on the main show, invest in his storylines. Heck, even though nobody would want it, he could easily been a member of the Outcast. Like her and Taya could have been considered for the Outcast. Right. But yeah. At the end of the day, we're just saying do better by your women's division other than giving them 10 minutes on your biggest show of all time and just saying, oh, I only have one women's match for 10 minutes because it's due to pacing. Yeah, no, that was kind of a BS excuse that he gave at the uh, media scrum. Like, oh, it's all over. I only gave him 10. I have one match for 10 minutes. No, that's just so you could say, oh, I paid off for how long was Soraya's entrance? Oh, Jesus Christ, that was a long entrance. I didn't even realize her entrance was longer than Chris Jericho's. Yeah, it was literally because Cody got shelved the money for We Will Rock You by Queen. I'm starting to think he probably would be able to have more money for writers and actual, actually be able to get decent storylines if he wasn't paying all this money for copyright to all these songs. Isn't this like the second or third pay-per-view in a row? I know it's the second or third this year, but isn't it like the second or third this in a row that he's licensed something that we all know is astronomical when it comes to expense? Because I know uh, Final Countdown is like two million or something. How much was We Will Rock You in copyright? Dear God, I don't even want to know. Yeah, uh. that's why I'm like those two alone could have went to hiring somebody other than just Will Washington, who is worth coven, by the way, to write, to help you, like, content control. He's literally there for content control, but right. Tony got the writing, the bulk of the content. Right. No, I get what you're saying. And now moving on to our final piece of discussion for today's episode, we'll be moving into the gaming side of things. And seeing as now we're moving into here, uh, Donnay's, I'll let you take over. And honestly, we got to start talking about what I would say is the Crypt Keeper of all wrestling game DLCs. What I mean by the Crypt Keeper, as 